Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Okay. What's improved since last week? <laughs> or what? Or what's gone through hell in a handbasket since last week? This is a weekly call that, um, for the most part, is is populated by a number of large uh, companies who are sharing a little bit about the challenges that they're facing each week and how that might be evolving. We have obviously opened it up to the public, and so there are other employers here and you're welcome to share, et cetera. And this is an opportunity for you to, to kind of peer in and, and see what what some of the big employers are, are kind of facing into. How are you doing, Jeff? Are you, I know you had a short time frame within which you wanted to be able to hire at CVS something like 50,000 people. Are you on yep. Are you on your milestones to get that done? Yeah, we uh, currently we've uh, we've had over three point. 3 million visitors to our site. Uh, we've had 803,000 people apply. We have currently 16,000 people that have passed the VJT and are hireable. An additional 11,200 which have accepted offers. And on top of that, we've already hired 9,050 people in two weeks. So we're, oh. we're doing okay. We're doing that okay. That's pretty um, good. Are you at, at the very least though, to those that don't pass or aren't going to go forward, are you comfortable that you're able to give them a nice whatever send off? Thank you. Yeah. But sorry. We, yeah, a couple of things. We tell them that, Hey, you know, the VJT for that particular skill set is only for that skill set. So we have 20 job families. So just because you don't pass one doesn't mean that if you don't pass for a store associate doesn't mean you won't pass for a customer service rep. You know, because the skills are different. So we do assess different. So you can, and, uh, and, and we actually have a bunch, a whole, uh, army of folks kind of working behind the scenes, not just work on the hiring process, but trying to work to engage, to redirect people. Because one of the problems that we're having is as a pot fills up, you know, we hire in cluster store clusters, but as a cluster fills up, we got to quickly see if, if those people that are, that are interested in that cluster of stores, would be interested in one cluster over, you know, is, are they willing to go outside the original proximity? And, and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Uh, but, you know, having the automation to be able to do that would be really nice and clever. We're not quite there yet. So we have now uh, we're doing it the, the old fashioned way in that respect. We got a lot of virtual stuff, but, but that part, we, we hadn't cracked the code on this uh, beforehand. One of the things that I, that is really important though, is that we're trying to make sure that um, we're giving regular emails and or text messages or what have you out to the folks who've applied. And we're saying, hey, we're really sorry. It may take a little longer than we might have imagined because we've gotten just such an overwhelming response to this. So just pa- bear with us a little bit longer. And we feel as though folks are, you know, as long as they hear from you, they'll uh, they'll feel better about their, their process if it's not taking one business day, but it's taking five or maybe a week before we can get to them. Yeah, just because we didn't expect to hit nearly a million in two weeks, you know, quite honestly. Just to add into that, who else is doing some serious hiring? I think, Matt, is Target clear on what they're up to uh, in terms of hiring? 
Um, the message stays the same, Jerry, to be honest. They haven't really changed and it's due to volatility with the sales. I mean, our supply chain is still catching up for those of you that have been to a Target store. It's either got a lot of toilet paper and no meat or a whole lot of meat and no toilet paper. So, um, I think we're figuring that out slowly but surely, but realistically, it's given the team members who have been with us the time in the store. Um, until we figure out what sales are going to do. And then I think we'll start to loosen up that hiring mix. And, and we've got positions posted at this point to just description. There's obviously no shortage of people applying right now. Um, we've seen a huge increase of applicants uh, throughout the country and particularly in our supply chain. So that's the, the good news on the supply chain, but it's going to take us a little time to, to figure out where we're heading. Okay. Thank you. Kathy, I would want to ask you as well, because you're obviously one of the large number of hospital systems that are out there with 92,000 employees or approximate. So how how are the needs down there? You know, we're, we're still um, right now, our hospital census is really low. So it kind of puts us in a conundrum of, you know, do we hire, we're, we're preparing to hire for the surge that's really projected for most of Florida in the beginning of May. Um, so we're still, you know, three weeks out. Uh, we did not get a million candidates in the last two weeks. <laughs> we have barely just scraping. Uh, we are we are having a large number of nurses go to New York um, and just quit full time jobs and and go. They're making seven thousand dollars a week um, for forty eight hours. Do the math; it's one twenty five an hour, um, and it's so it's just. It's really so we're losing more people than we're going to hire right now. But, you know, fortunately or sad, uh, a lot of surgery centers have been closing and or furloughing and they're contacting us. In fact, we're leasing employees from someplace. Um, so so we have lots of openings um, and I've really just kicked off a huge campaign today um, to attract them, you know, for May hiring. I would think that if um, if uh, New York, for example, gets past its current uh, issues, a number of yes. those nurses will move or come back. It seems right. that would be an opportunity for them. Yeah, our MSP has actually said they're starting to see a little bit of that, that they are not contracts are not being renewed, um, which is a sign that maybe, you know, that's they are coming down off the bell curve. We'll see. Um, but yes, that would be a great opportunity. Um so it's it's exciting, scary and exciting at the same time. Anybody else doing any significant hiring that's on the call right now? Hi, Jerry. It's Kristen. We are obviously trying to fill kind of two needs. Uh, actual full-time hiring hasn't slowed, but we're trying to bring in nurses that have experience to help with COVID-19 through Lots of different channels. Some are more successful than others. Um, but yeah, that's the, and then we're, we're really interested in our corporate side in partnering with other CXR members. Like you said at the beginning of the call, we'd love to be able to get you, Jerry. This is what we need in Tacoma. This is what we need in Malvern and try to match up with other members that might be laying off or furloughing. Got it. And, and I hope we can find ways to be, be able to help um, identify ways that that can be done more, more easily. Because I know yeah. a lot of you obviously have asked for uh, names of folks and engage. And I, I, I realize that it takes takes time from your staff to be able to, to tee these up. Jeff, you said you last week that you had 50 partnerships. That, that can't be an easy thing to do automatically. A lot of phone calls. 50. 
it, it took a little time. I got to say, uh, I was, uh, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of meetings, but what I will say this out of those conversations, even though they did take a lot of time, they were intensely valuable on more ways than just one. So the one way, yeah, we create a partnership and potential exchange of talent, but actually the exchange of ideas and the, uh, and the relationship that's built in those, even in those brief encounters, I, you know, and knowing that we're all fighting this same thing together, we're all in the, in the same battle together, and we're all fighting the coronavirus. I, I think that that creates something of a community, like you said, Jerry, like uh, there's no more walls of, of, you know, who's who's a competitor and who's not right now. You know, we all have one one real uh, focus and, and trying to help folks. So I, I think there's been a, a real upside to it, although I will say that uh, this morning it was very difficult to get out of bed. Uh, you know, some days are easier than others. So. <laughs> That's true. I, I will say also in same vein, uh, earlier this week when we were talking about uh, different ways that technology might be able to be helpful, one of the criterion that was brought up by several of our members was we want to be assured that if we do anything collectively, that the people that we put or re- recommend because they're furloughed, um, that participate in that are, are treated properly which I thought was uh, a very strong statement by by folks who were furloughing more than 100,000 people and um, that they were committed to making sure that anything that they asked their people to participate in was one in which it was done well. Um, and and th- obviously a lot of conversation about <laughs> much of the technology that isn't done well. How's Uber doing? We're going through rec, you know, rec review process right now to make sure we're hiring for the right roles across the organization. Um, a lot of work with local authorities and associations, right? Getting, uh, getting COVID-19 kits to other areas, things of that sort. Uh, continuing to add, uh, uh, Uber Eats, uh, restaurants to our platform. Like you would expect, you'd see a huge increase, um, um, in that area and stuff. And on the university side, we're still figuring it out. But if you look at some of the NACE data, only about actually only about 30 percent of the companies have gone 100 percent virtual. So um, we're still in that trying to figure it out stage. But working with Danielle and and our senior leadership to figure out next steps and stuff like that. So it was a pretty intense for those of you who were not on the um, college a conversation earlier this week. Uh, it was a pretty intense conversation about uh, whether to delay, for example, or not. Yeah. Uh, whether to commit fully to all of the people who you've made offers to and how to bring them on and how to onboard them virtually if, in fact, they've never been onboarded before to a, to a company. So there were a lot of uh, nuanced issues, and we had almost 60 different companies, uh, university relations folks, uh, talking about some of the ways that they were trying to uh, address that. I don't know if there was anything surprising to you, Dawn, uh, in that, but no, it made me feel better <laughs> that I'm not the only group in this middle of what are we doing. Um, and what was super kind of just helping for me even was just, I think we all have the value that every company is going to approach this very differently. And this is not like knee jerk reaction for some of these organizations, you know, especially for some that are maybe canceling jobs or really pushing them out until 2021. Like these are, there are many reasons why these organizations may be doing that. And so I think we all just need to walk away with empathy because everyone cannot approach this the same way. Most were at least 
to what I could see, most of the folks who are on the call were committing yeah. in within like a month or two of their original date, something to Correct. that. Effect. For the new college grads, yeah. Like, I think a lot of folks were pushing out to like hires. Well, one was pushing out for a year. Yes. That, that was that was pretty amazing to me. But. Yes. Um, it's a smaller company, but they were. I think companies where you see these rotational type of leadership programs, that's where um, I probably, that's probably my takeaway from the call yesterday or with the day before was that they're shifting entire classes out by a few months, right? Uh, and giving the organizations time to, you know, instead of launching those folks in July, they're launching them in September and stuff. So. Brad, you had a comment? Yeah. So, that call last week was great and we got to the point where 30% of our roles we're calling not feasible. What, what we've come up with is we give them the option to take the summer off and they can not do their internship and they can walk away and do whatever they want. Um, the other option is they commit to what we're basically calling a learning series. They get half pay for the privilege of doing that and now we're looking at how do we open up our LMS. We'll put on, we'll put on five core platforms, you know, EQ, IQ, all, all these different things are there, but then also looking at other opportunities inside the LMS that they'll be able to get access to to be able to do that. So that, that's how we got to that that point there. Um, and just another thing that's really helped this week, I'll just throw out there, people may be doing it already, is we've gone through the whole reprioritization again, and I work for companies that do that quite often in the past. So that's a pretty easy muscle. Um we we went straight into the rec form in the ATS, created a field called priority level, and we had I've created one called pause new. So anything that's opened during a pause is flagged as new. Pause keep, pause cancel. What it does on the other end, it allows really easy reporting, even if you have to do the tables to really slice and dice that data instead of having to figure out well which ones were cancelled during the pause that they want to bring back on next month. So those simple rec field or the one rec field with those three variables makes it really easy on the other end to slice and dice. Who else is is seeing some shift or change from last week? Um, Jerry, hey, this is Dan from Nike. I'm, I, I wasn't in last week's call just a couple of weeks ago. I was, um, but we've had a really heavy focus on workforce planning, prioritized role. We've really shrunk the corporate roles that we're moving forward currently for the next couple of months down to just a handful, about 40 or so across the company. We're still moving forward with some of our more volume roles in, uh, in manufacturing distribution. Retail's pretty much on a pause until we can get our stores back open. Um, but this process has really showed how difficult it is for us to really know where we are in all of the offers that we've had around the globe and shown some inconsistencies in process and, and uh, system use that we're able to really, I think, coming out of this, we're going to be able to standardize a lot better um, across our systems and, and, and tools. And we're also using the opportunity to clean up a lot of positions and recs in the system that were on hold for extended periods of time or positions that were open, but we weren't really moving on it. We've got the green light to go and basically wipe everything and, and uh, kind of start with it. Hey, Jerry. And just to piggyback off of what Dan said, I think we're in the same boat um, at Marsh and McLennan. I think we've seen the same thing. There was some uh, off the books hiring that was taking place, as I like to call it. Um, and so, you know, the the level of visibility in terms of the hiring activity and where we are, right, and what 
what offers are outstanding has been escalated to such a level that, you know, those businesses that are sort of created shadow organizations or been, you know, hiding in the bushes, so to speak, you know, that's all kind of bubbling up right now. So similarly, we're working on some of the same or similar initiatives to do cleanup, standardized processes. We already have had initiative going on um, in regards to what what's being called reimagine HR, which includes the talent acquisition function. Um, but the other thing that we're doing too is we're in the process of, of standing up a, a sourcing capability um, and a sourcing team. So we're kind of stepped back from that a little bit now. So, but what we are going to do is we're doing an analysis on all the recs that have stayed open or we're leaving open and then anything that's on hold so that when we do pivot to opening those recs back up and our offices open globally, we'll have already been in a position where we have you know, outreach to candidates and we've started to, you know, develop and nurture those pipelines so that we can act pretty quickly. So again, a lot of housekeeping work being done and cleanup, but also some strategic projects that in all candor, we have, we're able to pull resources into now that we weren't able to do before because, you know, people were really focused on rec activity. So, you know, we're, we're trying to, to just kind of mobilize folks. Cool. One of the questions that's been coming up a lot is what about the recruiters? Are you repurposing recruiters in a variety of ways if, if the, if the hiring is down? Um, and if so, if, or are you laying off? Are you furloughing? Just get some sense of what's going on there. I obviously, if you're doing the hiring, I can't imagine that you are, <laughs> that you're laying anybody off or furloughing any of your, your recruiters, although you might be not able to hire as many new recruiters as you would like, uh, for the, for this time frame. But I'd be curious as to what you're all doing re- relative to your recruiters, if you can tell us. So this is Shalia. Yes, so sure. for, for my countries that are subsidizing my recruiters, um, then they're not furloughed. They're just the companies, the countries allowed them to have three months off. And so they're, they're actually, you know, France is like that. London's like that. A couple of countries I got that. Um, my other countries, uh, as someone was saying, it's given me some chance to work on, uh, I'm moving off of three applicant tracking systems on the work day. So it's given me some time to go through and think about the data that I wanted in all the applicant tracking systems to move over, process mapped, uh, candidate experience stuff, putting the interview process together, a bunch of stuff. So the recruiters are actually, they signed up to share different projects with NTA. And then HR, which is always lean, um, picked up some of my recruiters to help with regional projects they have there. So not laying off anybody, full workforce, fully paid, but I've been able to um, to reallocate them. Good. Okay. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm asking the questions, because Brad and I are on a panel out of a, a Dutch company tomorrow uh, to talk about repurposing uh, recruiters. And the third person on the panel is a guy named uh, Atta Tarki, and he just published this book, uh, which I'm about halfway through. Since he was on the panel, I figured I'd get the damn book and, and read it. I wasn't expecting anything, but um, actually, I got to tell you, I'm very impressed. It is much more reflective of somebody who spent most of his career in executive search. So he's thinking much more about 
what you could do one-to-one as opposed to one-to-many. Some of the things that he's got here, if you were trying to hire 50,000 people, he's he's missing the point about what you have to do with your systems. But but other than that, I will tell you, it's probably the, the most uh, current kind of thinking and insights that I've seen. So I would recommend, because I know there's a bunch of geeks on this on this call here, uh, I, I would recommend this for your, your library. Any other points about repurposing? We, we we're in the middle of doing a lot of that right now. We did have um, some recruiters that were working with our security team doing contact tracing of um, employees who've been infected or their families. We've shifted some into different parts of HR operations, into anything from the call desk, HR call desk to our um, workforce administration. We've moved moved several into different efforts around process optimization. And we have a, a couple of meetings later this week to 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 look at more because we we had a decent size uh, recruiting team I don't know 250 or so plus the operations about about 300 people so we're we're and uh, really slow in some areas so we're we're going to be doing this over the next couple of weeks um, we just got our HR priorities and what we're stopping what work that we're not doing uh, and this was happening across the company so we're um, reassigning uh, quite a few people into different areas. Cool. Nice that so many of you are able to keep more of your recruiters this time around. Obviously, there's been some incentives to do that. Uh, when we were talking to uh, Kristen Warrick at United, she was talking about the fact that uh, because the airlines are so critical, uh, they've got a, a more of a, uh, a direct deal with the Treasury and um, are able to keep their employees uh, literally on the payroll for, for another three or four months if necessary. Um, it looks like this time around, there's not as many recruiters being lost as as I think uh, we saw in some of the other recessions. Jerry, for healthcare, most of our corporate buildings here, we have about probably 20 different buildings in Orlando that house all different types of corporate departments. And um, because we went 100% virtual, um, they, the receptionists or the office front people um, are not needed. So we have turned them into smiling dialers. Um, so we're running a little agency. We give them 100 lists people a day to call. And um, they're calling right now. We have them calling boomerangs, our alumni and retirees, and just introducing themselves and asking them if they'd like to come back. You know, we'll take them for one shift a week if they'll you know, do that. So um, it's, you know, it's kind of fun. What is their, um, normal, what is their normal title, Kathy? Uh, office reception, basically. You know, they do truly greet the people at each building and come in. And usually there's two of them at a front desk just because of traffic. And, and they like, and are, are they liking cold calling? Well, so far, I mean, it's, they're really, we just started it this week. And, but they say about it. And because we're, they're calling past employees, it's not so intimidating. And, you know, most people are very nice and can say yes or no or what the purpose is. And and then we have our back end people updating Smashfly. And so we'll see. I'll, I'll we're running a, numbers. Get a few new sources coming. That's right. Exactly. I think we might find some. Very good. I like that. What else do people want to talk about? I'd just be curious. We have a number of offers outstanding. And I know that this was kind of interesting. It popped up the other day. Um, we had a an, uh, an offer out to someone in Central Europe for actually for a TA role and um, start date set and reach back out. And I think because the way some companies are responding and, and that's very positively, there's a there's a level of loyalty, 
you know, that, that exists right now. So that person actually has, has made a decision to stay with their firm. I didn't know if other folks were seeing that you had offers that were outstanding, that you were, you know, getting ready to still onboard folks because you've made that commitment. And now you're seeing that some of those, some of those offers are being um, declined. Good point. Anybody have any data relative to that? I've heard it anecdotally now in two or three different meetings where, where someone or some group um, is more like, especially if there's moving and relocation involved, um, is, is declining. Um, but I don't know. I've not seen any data suggesting that the numbers are large enough to be different than what you might ordinarily find. I would suspect though that, um, in, in negotiating when somebody starts, I would think most companies are going to be a lot more agile about what that start date might be. If I need three months uh, versus, uh, you know, what you, you would typically uh, be asking for, uh, I think people are going to be a lot more uh, open about that. And actually, Jerry, that was exactly the conversation. We're going back out to all those folks that we have offers outstanding just to kind of regroup, touch them, right, have some conversations. And that was kind of the nature of it is, you know, how are you feeling? When do you want, you know, when do you want to start? And this is so unprecedented because there's so much unknown that, you know, just when you think, you know, I, I, I don't, people just don't have any idea like when, when things are going to normalize well, again. So I think that's, that's really the issue. It's, they're, they're concerned beyond yeah. them. It's, it's now their family. It's now their, so with the college discussion, it was like, uh, parents are not going to be really happy about kids moving in June to a place that might be a hotspot, for example. And so you're, you're going to be taking into account those issues. And now it's going to be spouses are going to be reluctant uh, to get involved in that move just because of, of the uncertainty that exists around that. So I'm, I, I suggest that's going to be a conversation. I posed a question right at the start of COVID about whether we were seeing candidate sentiment differences, and I would say the opposite. We've we've seen it accelerate. Um, we've closed a lot of jobs that were open previously in the last three weeks, like out of the water. So we've actually seen the opposite. Um, I'm starting to see it slow down a little bit now because there were people that were going through the tail ends of a process, but as a as a company, especially in the US. Um, haven't seen candidates not want to move forward. Well, especially if there's uncertainty in their own company, for sure. Yeah. But it's interesting. You know, this might be, uh, Barb, you might make a note that this might be an interesting post poll yeah. out there, I think. We're still seeing in the rare, in the rare skill sets, if there's relocation involved, obviously that changes the dynamic for folks. Or if there may be relocation, even if we can postpone it a year or whatever. But outside those rarefied skill sets, the data scientists, analytics, digital, you know, we all know the drill. The rest of them are actually, you know, they're coming along pretty, pretty nicely and easily and, and folks are, uh, are readily accepting. But even, you know, even amongst our partner organizations, we've had talks about, Hey, if you're, if you furloughed or you don't think you have as much work for those types of folks, let us know. And the thing is, what most of the companies have said, you know, that we appreciate that offer. And at the same time, actually, those are the people we're relying on to help get us through some of this. You know, so the digital folks and, the, and that analytics folks are being repurposed to help forecast and, and do other things, you know, uh, for the business or, or develop personalized message. Personalization is big. So it's a, it's a, um, 
you know, that, that area remains hot, I think, for all of, uh, all of TA, uh, I would say. Okay. Speaking of essential workers out there that you need to get, I see we've got Kimberly Clark. Carrie, you're here. I want to make sure that you have all the people that you need to make all the toilet paper that exists. Because there's a lot of volunteers here who would happily go out and source new help for you. <laughs> yeah, we've got, um, we're, we'll, we're on full staff. And I think that the biggest challenge that we're running into right now, bringing people on board is, um, the small stuff, like, um, a lot of our background check and, um, background checks get caught up in court systems that are shut down. A lot of our, our drug screens are delayed just because the location that we were supposed to be doing the drug screen in um, has shut down. And so we're having to convert to, you know, alternative methods of getting things accomplished um, in order to bring people on board. But we're still bringing people on board um, as usual. And most of you have have adjusted your, your final offer, if you will, to make things contingent if they're still critical for you. But, but I suspect everyone... Yep laid from the conversations we've had in previous weeks or it gets waived jeff didn't you say that you had waived for some of the furlough uh folks that you hired? we'd uh yeah we'd um for our background check we had hired and contingent with the passing of the federal and state um you know uh piece but, but literally that can be done in a matter of hours um the exclusions, you know, so hit all the federal and state exclusions. And then the rest is a contingent upon when they, when they can get through that background check for the drug test. Um, most of those have been, um, have either been hired contingent where we're not able to waive them permanently or, uh, or waived as needed, um, for those rules. So it's, uh, obviously some of those are state by state rules, but, uh, the fact is we're in all 50 states. And we found a way to get, uh, you know, get on, get them done in all of those, uh, all of our states and we're for the high volume roles, at least. So, uh, happy to talk offline if you want. Um, you know, and, uh, and we can, you know, I can hook you up with the right people on our side to, uh, help figure out the people smarter than me that help figure out how to do that. Thank you. All right. Is there anyone who has not, uh, any employer that's not had a chance to share? Uh, that has something to add was I'm going to give you guys back some time because um, I know that you are all quite busy. Anybody missing something that uh, or want to raise something that they have not had the chance to do? Going, going, gone. <laughs> um, so I'll say goodbye to all of you. Um, certainly invite you if you if you uh, want to not talk about. COVID-19 to join us at our uh, happy hour tomorrow night with or without an adult beverage. So that's there's going to be that. And there's a few other things that are going on uh, throughout. But thank you all for being here and for sharing. I think it's uh, helpful for us uh, to be able to uh, give some of these ideas out to folks and, and know where we are. So thank you all for being here. Take care. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.